Hello. We want to thank you for joining our Living Messiah family by downloading this podcast. We hope it blesses you and enriches your life. We also want to encourage you, uh, if you can, and if your heart is so moved, to support this ministry by going on our website, livingmessiah.com, and donating to help us to put these podcasts in every nation, every place, so we can bring these messages to change lives, to help people grow in the Word of God. Once again, thank you so much for being part of our family. Shalom. Welcome to our Tuesday night Torah class. Um, let me open in a word of prayer. Father God, thank you for the beautiful weather we're having today. Thank you. Uh, just thank you for blessing us. Thank you for sustaining us and providing all that we need to, to live on. And uh, Forgive us for not being more thankful more often. I thank you also for this group of people that came out tonight to look at your Torah. And I'd ask that you'd be in our discussions, that you would uh, help us to listen to one another and to really um, examine your word thoroughly and figure out what it means for us. I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your Torah. And I thank you how, for how, how deep it is and the fact that we can go uh, deeper and deeper every year. In Yeshua's name, amen. Okay, as you know, we've been bigger. I've got it. What do you want it? You want it down. Okay, down. I never can figure this out. We're going to have to have it surgically installed or something. Um, we've just been going um, from week to week, and we go as far as we can go, and then we just pick up where we left off. We're in the book of Leviticus now. Last week, we did chapter 8. We finished at the end of chapter 8. It's a good place to, uh, to kind of stop and take stock. Chapter 8 is where they actually went through the ordination ceremony of installing Aaron and his sons as Aaron's the uh, high priest and his sons were the priests. And Moses did all of this uh, by the command of uh, God. And they described in detail the offerings that were made. We've spent the past three weeks or so looking at the offerings, the different offerings. Let's see, there's five of them. Um, can anybody remember what the five offerings are? What's, go ahead, John. No cheating. Oh, you got a microphone. They all ended with Corban. They all ended with, well, they started with Corban. Or Corban, yeah. they Yep. There's uh, the one of them is the Corban Olah. Do you know what that is? Here, let's just cheat. We'll look at the. There they are. The burnt offering is the Corban Olah. The burnt offering is a voluntary thing that you that the offering is totally consumed by the fire, and it's a, a way. It's symbolic of our total commitment to God. Uh, the next one listing listed is a grain offering. Most of the Animal offerings were uh, accompanied by a grain offering, and a grain offering was, was either wheat or flour or something made with wheat flour. Um, it was voluntary as well. It's called a korban minka. Then the third one, these are in the order in which they're presented, was called a fellowship offering. A fellowship offering is sometimes called a, a wave offering. It's sometimes, well, actually, it might be different. It's peace offering. Thanksgiving offering, they're all the same thing. They're, they're basically more of a celebratory kind of a deal. They're 
an opportunity. They represent communion with God. This is after you've been brought back into good standing and you've uh, taken care of the sin that you might have committed and that you've recommitted yourself to God in your state of ceremonial, ceremonial cleanliness, then you can sit down and have a meal with God and your family and friends. And that's what the, the fellowship offering is all about. And then the last two are the sin offering and the guilt offering. The sin offering is the offering that is made to take care of, to atone for the sin that you've committed, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Unintentionally is really what it's for. And then the guilt offering is like the sin offering, except the guilt offering usually is accompanied with restitution. Uh, the guilt offering has to do with whenever you stole something from somebody or something along those lines. And you have to, what was the rule for restitution, do you remember? You had to give back what you took plus 20%. I have a question. Sure. The first one is a burnt offering, right? Yep. Uh, so that is burnt. Yep. Are the rest of them given to the, the priest? Well, no. What typically happens is there's a part of every animal that's always burned. It's got to do with, what is it, the, the liver and the kidneys and the fat around them. Those are parts that we typically don't eat anyway, but those are burned, and those are God's portion, okay? And then uh, there are specific parts of the rest of the animal that belong to the priests, but in the case of the fellowship offering, most of it belongs to the offerer, or most of it, I shouldn't say belongs, it all belongs to God, but most of it is eaten. The fellowship offering is eaten by the offerer. The others are eaten by um, the priests. Yeah. So, um, Jerry, all these offerings can be made by common people, right? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. They have a, there's a, a kind of a different scale. The, the sin offering, for example, if you're, um, the priest has a, I think in order, well, when we read in detail about the ordination of the priests, the sin offering for the priest, I believe, was a bull. If you're, a sin offering for the whole nation of Israel is a bull. Uh, the sin offering for a leader might be a ram. And the sin offering for a normal old guy might be a lamb. And if you're poor, uh, the sin offering might be a bird. So, yeah, the, but the offerings are for anybody, everybody, basically. And isn't there a grain offering? The grain offering, yeah, it's number two there. That one is a company, it accompanies, I'm not sure if it's not all the others. Uh, but I think it might be. It's, the grain offering goes with the meat offering, if you will, the animal offering. But it doesn't, uh, let's see, how can I say it? I don't believe it atones for sin. It, uh, we, we talked about it's what it represents, and I've kind of forgotten. I'll give you the homework assignment. Anyway, chapter 8, we read through, well, actually, the end of chapter 7 was the end of the discussion of these offerings, okay? This table represents what we learned, and at the end of chapter 7, um, they had been through all of these offerings twice, once from the standpoint of the uh, offerer, if you will, and one from the standpoint of the priest, how the priest was to do his job. So in chapter 8 then, um, they went through this ordination of the priests, and this ordination of the priests, I remember saying, was uh, we first saw this at the end of chapter, or at the end of the book of Exodus. 
Exodus chapter 40 contains this ordination of the priest thing in about a paragraph. It describes, it describes what happened in chapter 8 of Leviticus in one paragraph. And we're going to see it again because when we get to the book of Numbers, it talks about the ordination of Aaron and his sons, and it takes several chapters. So uh, this ordination is evidently a pretty important thing to God because he put it in the Torah three times. Anyway, it's uh, the reason I put this, uh, this thing back up is because this is our kind of organization chart, if you will. And I'm not reading that. Yeah, I am. Chapters 1 through 7 is the uh, sacrifices, the ritual sacrifices. Then chapters 8 through 10 is the priests are ordained. Chapter 8 we did last week, and that was the actual procedure that the priests are ordained. And I'm, I'm real excited tonight because chapter 9 of Leviticus is the only chapter that has any action in it. Once we get through chapter 9, there's nothing in the whole rest of the book of Leviticus except, you know, how to do this and how to do that. And it's kind of, it's, it's good, but it's hard. But this was fun because, you know, you can, we can talk about how it must have looked and what must people have thought and things like that. So chapter 9, is, uh, my advice to you is to get excited as we go through chapter 9 here. So with that as a gin up the troops kind of a deal, um, we usually have someone read. And let's see, there's a good stopping place. Chapter 9 is not terribly long. Oh, it's not chapter 9, it's chapter 10 that's the one that's so exciting. But we'll do chapter 9, of course, anyway. Um, does someone want to read chapter 9, just the whole thing, and then we'll go back and talk about it? It's only 24 verses. Would someone like to read those 24 verses? Okay. And, and it came to pass on the eighth day that Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. And he said unto Aaron, Take thee a young calf for a sin offering, and a ram for a burnt offering, without blemish, and offer them before the Lord. And unto the children of Israel thou shalt speak, saying, Take ye a kid of the goats for a sin offering, and a calf and a lamb, both of the first year without blemish, for a burnt offering. Also a bullock and a ram for peace offerings, to sacrifice before the Lord. And a meat offering mingled with oil, for today the Lord will, will appear unto you. And they brought that which Moses commanded before the tabernacle of the congregation. And all the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord. And Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commanded that ye should do. And the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you. And Moses said unto Aaron, Go unto the altar and offer thy sin offering and thy burnt offering. And make an atonement for thyself and for the people. And offer the offering of the people and make an atonement for them as the Lord commanded. Aaron therefore went unto the altar and slew the calf of the sin offering, which was for himself. And the sons of Aaron brought the blood unto him. And he dipped his finger in the blood and put it upon the horns of the altar and poured out the blood at the bottom of the altar. But the fat and the kidneys and the caul above the liver of the sin offering, he burnt upon the altar as the Lord commanded Moses. And the flesh and the hide he burnt with fire without the camp. And he slew the burnt offering. And Aaron's sons presented unto him the blood, which he sprinkled round about upon the altar. 
And they presented the burnt offerings unto him with the pieces thereof in the head, and he burnt them upon the altar. And he did wash the inwards and the legs and burnt them upon the burnt offering on the altar. And he brought the people's offering and took the goat, which was the sin offering for the people, and slew it and offered it for sin as the first. And he brought the burnt offering and offered it according to the manner. And he brought the meat offering and took a handful thereof and burnt it upon the altar beside the burnt sacrifice, uh, sacrifice of the morning. He slew also the bullock and the ram for a sacrifice of peace offerings, which was for the people. And Aaron's sons presented unto him the blood, which he sprinkled upon the altar round about. And the fat of the bullock and of the ram, the rump, and that which covered the inwards, and the kidneys, and the caul above the liver. And they put the fat upon the breast, and he burnt the fat upon the altar. And the breast and the right shoulder Aaron waved for a wave offering before the Lord as Moses commanded. And Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people and blessed them and came down from offering of the sin offering and the burnt offerings and peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out and blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. And there came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, with which when all the people saw, they shouted, and fell on their faces. So that was that was pretty actiony, right? This we're going to go back and, and dismember this in some great detail. So um, excuse the pun, right? Yeah. Um, so when did this occur? It says right at the beginning of chapter nine. The eighth day. Remember, we had talked about how the the ordination process took seven days. They went through this process and they had to stay before the the a door of the tent of meeting for seven days, and then on the eighth day, they began their, their actual service. Yes? This is the name of the Parsha too, right? Yes. Shemini? Shemini. Shemini is eighth. Yeah, that's good. So the first thing that was offered, I mean, uh, this is uh, Moses telling Aaron what to do, and what's the first thing that needs to be offered? A bull calf, right? A bull calf. And, and for whom was this offering made? It says, a bull calf for your sin offering and a ram for your burnt offering, both without defect and present them before Yahweh. So the bull and the ram were for the sin offering of Levi. I'm sorry, Aaron, Aaron and his sons, okay? So the first thing that has to happen, you also remember that um, the order in which these, these things had to occur was that it went from the sin offering, you had to atone for the sin first, and then you went to the burnt offering, which recommits your, uh, you know, you've recommitted yourself to God, and then finally the peace offering to, if you will, celebrate the fact that you've taken care of your sin and you've recommitted yourself to God. So the first thing that has to happen is the sin offering. So Moses tells Aaron, take the bull calf for your sin offering and a ram for your burnt offering and present them before Yahweh. Okay? Any problem with that? So what's the next ones that happen? Verse 3. So why, why that order? Why that order? Yeah. 
Well, it makes perfect sense to me, but it's just because uh, the, <laughs> the first thing you have to do is take care of your sin. Right. Right? So it's, this is like repentance, if you ask me, because you, know, you, you repent, you admit what you've done wrong, and then you turn, and the turn is this recommitment to God. That's the burnt offering. I'm sorry. Yeah. The sin offering takes care of your sin. The burnt offering is your recommitment to God. And then, like I say, the peace offering is a fellowship thing. I, I was thinking back when Messiah says, if, you're, if your brother has aught with you, you might have a sin there. Yeah. And you can't come to leave your korban off, which I'm guessing mm-hmm. is the burnt offering, the second one. Okay. Leave that at the altar until you get the sin part with your brother fixed first. Yep. Or pro. Go through the legal process of making that go away. I think that's great. I think that's right. Yep. I think, to me, learning stuff like this makes a lot of Leviticus make a lot more sense, you know, because there's, everything's there if you just, but boy, you have to dig for it because these sentences tend to sound alike all the time. (laughs) So anyway, um, the first instructions were for Aaron to do this for himself and his sons, to take care of the sin and to do the burnt offering. And then what was he to do next in verse 3? A male goat, mm-hmm. a calf and a lamb, uh, both a year old and without defect for a burnt offering. Who are these for is what I'm really, what, yeah, the people. It says in verse 3, mine says, then say to the Israelites, um, do this, let's see, together with the grain offering mixed with oil, for today the Lord will appear to you. So this, the first, the first bunch is for Aaron and his sons, and the second bunch is for the people of Israel. So, verse five: They took the things that Moses commanded to the front of the tent of meeting. The entire assembly came near and stood before Yahweh. And then Moses says, "This is what Yahweh has commanded you to do, so that the glory of Yahweh may appear to you." Now that's, we've talked about that. There's a picture I think over there, isn't there, of the camp? Um, what it, I'm, I'm sure that's an actual photograph of the way it looked, you know, and the, the, the glory of the God is pictured as a, a big shaft of, or pillar of fire down on top. Um, so verse 7, Moses said to Aaron, come to the altar and sacrifice your sin offering and your burnt offering and make atonement for yourself. And the people sacrifice the offering for, that is for the people and make atonement for them. So that, that's a, kind of a two-step process that had to happen there. One for Aaron and his sons and one for the people. So then it describes it, starting in verse 8. He came to the altar, slaughtered the calf as a sin offering for himself. Uh, His sons brought the blood to him. He dipped his finger in the blood and put it on the horns of the altar. Um, The rest of the blood he poured out on the base of the altar. And then on the altar he burned the fat, the kidneys, the covering, the liver from the uh, sin offering as Yahweh had commanded Moses. The flesh and the hide he burned up outside the camp. Now that's that's in, in, it's consistent with what we learned about the sin offering, right? Verse 12 says, Then he slaughtered the burnt offering. His sons handed him the blood, and he sprinkled it against the altar on all sides, handed him the burnt offering, and piece by piece, including the head, and he burned them on the altar. He washed the inner parts and the legs and burned them on top of the burnt offering on the altar. So that's, that was the whole animal for the burnt offering, right? So they've taken care of the sin, and they've taken care of their recommitment, or they've shown their recommitment. Then Aaron brought the offering that was for the people. 
He took the goat for the people's sin offering and slaughtered it and offered it for a sin offering as he did with the first one. Then he brought the burnt offering and offered it in the prescribed way, and he also brought the grain offering that went with it, a handful of it, that's a handful of flour, and he burned it on the altar in addition to the morning's burnt offering. Then, verse 18, he slaughtered the ox and the ram as a fellowship offering. Now, an ox and a ram, that's a lot of meat, right? That's a lot of meat. So he slaughtered an ox and a ram as the fellowship offering for the people. His sons handed him the blood, and he sprinkled it on all sides of the altar. But the fat portions of the ox and the ram, the fat tail, the layer of fat in the kidneys, and the covering of the liver, these he laid on, on the breast, and then Aaron burned the fat on the altar. Aaron waved the breasts and the right thigh before Yahweh as a wave offering, as Moses commanded him. So you remember in the fellowship offering, God again gets the fat stuff, and Aaron gets this uh, uh, breast and the right thigh. But the rest of the meat belongs to the offerer. In this case, it belongs to the... Uh, it, this is a community picnic, is what this is, barbecue. So when they uh, wave... Or does he just hold it up and kind yeah, of... Yeah, I think that's all he does. He just kind of does this. That's my understanding. It says, verse 22, Then Aaron lifted his hands toward the people and he blessed them. What do you suppose he said? Beg your pardon? You said, what did he say? Yeah, what do you suppose he said? What do you suppose Aaron said when he blessed them? Did he do the ironic blessing? I bet he did. I bet he did. Yeah. Yep. So the, the wave offering, they wave it and then they eat it? or that Well, it's, I don't know whether it's, you could say then they eat it. I think they wave it and then they, they cook it, if you will. But then they eat it after that, yeah. So the, the rest of the meat that is not burned, now do they take it and like, I'm a, it's a stupid question, but do they take it in the kitchen and cook it or... They make them like a barbecue right there after they... That's not such a stupid question, and I really don't know the answer, but it's my assumption that they barbecue it essentially right there. That's my assumption. I think what they do is they, they take it off and eat it before it becomes completely charcoal, you know? I, I was just wondering because you said that the tail is burnt. Yeah. I, where, I, where I grew up, we used the tail to cook the meat. You know, that, is that right? Using oil, we use the tail. Yeah. Well, it's the most fattiest part, you know? Yeah, well, like we use it for the oil, so I didn't know Well, they I took it inside. Well, no, no, I think the tail is burned along with the, the, the kidneys and the fat surrounding the kidneys and all of this. And this is just my assumptions because it's not like I'm an expert, but it's the fat portions that are given to God. And they are burned uh, as a symbolic of God, if you will, eating them, you know, God sharing them. God's share is burnt on the altar. But I, don't, I think the tail is part of that. Um, and I'm, I'm fairly confident that this whole fellowship offering thing really is a, um, it, it's to be considered uh, having a, a, like I say, a kind of a community meal with God. Uh, yeah, I was just looking at uh, verse 22, uh, that the sin offering and the burnt offering should be together, I think, because after those two, then the peace offering. You couldn't have the peace offering instead until you had the sin offering and the burnt offering. That's exactly right. It's just down here. You have a sin offering first to take care of your sin. 
Then you have the burnt offering as to symbolize the fact that you're recommitting yourself to your, to your covenant with God. And then you have a peace offering as peace is one word, fellowship is another word, but it's kind of a, um, a celebration of the fact that you've come back, okay? At least that's my understanding. It seems to fit, you know. Okay, one of the things I thought that was interesting, it says, verse 22, then Aaron lifted his hands toward the people and blessed them, probably saying the ironic blessing, and having sacrificed the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the fellowship offering, as you said, Joe, he stepped down. Where did he step down from? The altar. Yeah, they, you remember there was a ramp that went up to the altar. And so he was up on this ramp doing all this stuff. And after he had done that, then he stepped down. He came down the ramp, right? Uh, verse 23 says, Moses and Aaron then went into the tent of meeting. When they came out, they blessed the people. I don't know about that, of course. I mean, I don't know what he said. And the glory of Yahweh appeared to all the people. Fire came out from the presence of Yahweh and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions on the altar. And when the people saw it, they shouted for joy and fell face down. So that's, like I say, pretty action-oriented. Okay, over here first. God was very pleased with the fact that uh, the burnt offering and the fat and uh, because of that the glory of himself appeared to the entire people. So evidently he was uh, satisfied with what they have done. Yep, yep, I think that's good. So um, you mentioned um, Aaron stepped down from the ramp. Mm -hmm. So going up the altar is a ramp, not stairs. Yep. Okay. You Did know, you see the offering they made in Israel? No. Was that earlier this year? Yeah. Did anybody see that? They did a burnt offering. Oh, did they? It was a ram, I think. Okay. But it was like, they didn't kill it. It was already It was already dead, dead. somehow? Dead, yeah. Okay. And they burned it on the, the altar. Really? I didn't know that. What? It was, a, it, wasn't, it was like a... It was... They called it a temporary altar. Yeah, well, it would have to be, huh? But why were you asking about the ramps and the stairs? I, I think I read something where he's the, where um, Yah said, and you shall not go up the stairs to my yep, yep. altar. Yep, that's how I was, I'm, you, you got that right. At the, uh, it's toward the end of the book of Exodus when he says, you know, when you install my altar, build a ramp up to it. Don't build steps up to it. And it says, I, I, you know, I don't know exactly how to take this, but it says, lest you expose your nakedness. Yeah, and yeah. What, like the, the altars they have in Peru, mm -hmm. like you go up a lot of stairs, lot high, of stairs. high, high, and yeah, yeah I yeah. don't think that's what he wanted. Yeah, evidently not. Yeah, that's a good catch. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's funny. Anyway, the, there was a... They had done it properly. Uh, God was pleased, and so he showed his pleasure by um, eating with them, with eating in quotes, right? He came out and consumed the burnt offering on the altar, and he, he met with them, and the people shouted for joy, right? Well, of course, the, um, 
fire in Hebrew is strong teeth, you know, or mm -hmm. strong consumer. Okay. So it's That's a good point. Yeah. So it's not just symbolic. It's uh, it fits with the language it, too. Yes, it fits with the language, and it's more literal okay. than uh, mm -hmm. than our English would have us believe. Okay. That's good. So does uh, anybody have any thoughts about chapter 9 other than what we've just discussed? It's, it's interesting because I don't know how many times I read that chapter and just got confused by why are they offering this and why are they offering that? But when you read it carefully, it tells you who's, who's, what's being offered for whom and the order in which they did it. And, you know, and, and it all makes a lot of sense when you kind of just really sit down and look at it in detail. Okay, we can go on. Now we get to the real exciting part. Chapter 10. Um, so we'll break this one up a little bit. Not that it's all that long, but it, it bears repeating here. I forgot my glasses again. Let's go through the verse 1 through verse 11. Does somebody want to read chapter 10, the first 11 verses? And Nadab and Abihu, yep. the sons of Aaron, each took the, his fire holder and put fire in it and put incense on it and brought strange fire before Yahweh, which he had not commanded them. And fire came out from Yahweh and consumed them, and they died before Yahweh. Then Moshe said to Aaron, This is what Yahweh spoke, saying, By those who come near me, let me be set apart. And before all the people, let me be esteemed. And Aaron was silent. And Moshe called Mishael and to el the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said to them, Come near, take your brothers from before the set-apart place out of the camp. So they came near and took them by their long shirts out of the camp, as Moshe had said. And Moshe said to Aaron and to Eleazar and to Ithamar, his sons, do not unbind your heads nor tear your garments, lest you die and wrath come upon all the people. But let your brothers and all the house of Israel bewail the burning which Yahweh has kindled. And do not go out from the door of the tent of appointment, lest you die, for the anointing oil of Yahweh is upon you. And they did according to the word of Moshe. Okay, why don't. Why don't I interrupt you there and let's just do this much first. All right. Okay. So, um, first of all, Aaron's four sons, right? Nadab, Abihu, uh, Ithamar, and I forgot the other one, Eleazar. Okay, guys, four sons as of the beginning of the chapter, right? So, Nadab and Abihu, what'd they do? Yeah. I've heard strange, strange fire. They, they, took, they took their censers. Mine says censers. I think yours said fire pans or something. Fire holders. And put fire in them and added incense. Now, yours said strange. Mine said unauthorized. Okay? It's not real clear what it was, but it is real clear that it wasn't prescribed by God. Yeah. <laughs> I got a question. Sure. So they they took an incense, and a, and a, I'm just imagining because they do this. I've seen them do it. They put an incense and a, an incense thing, and they they uh, do it like this. Yep. They, 
Yeah, so that, is that what they did? Is that what that action comes that's, from? That's what I'm assuming they did. So they, they was using that as an offering instead of... Were they using that as an offering instead of these things right here? Well, in some, there are some times when the high priest goes into the tent of meeting with incense to do that. But the point is, is the high priest does that at specific times when God has said, this is when you do that. These guys basically thought it'd be kind of cool to do it on their own. And so um, it, it could very well be that the uh, offering itself might have been okay, but when they did it and how they did it was not. And, and I guess, and then, so what happened to them? Zap, right? They got, they got fried, essentially, because it says fire came out. And they got, it's interesting, because we'll learn here, they, they got burned up, but their clothing didn't, which is kind of it, interesting. Yeah, it's kind of curious on how the contrast between just a few sentences ago to here. Yeah. One was well pleased and the offer was consumed. One was the offer was not pleasing to God. Yeah. And yeah. Now, then the offerers got consumed, so... Yep, yep, that's nice contrast. You're right, it happened within two sentences almost, right? Yeah. Um, notice that what God says there at the end of verse 3. He says, Moses then said to Aaron, this is what Yahweh spoke of when he said, among those who approach me, I will show myself holy, and in the sight of all the people, I will be honored. Now, lest you get the idea, yours, yours was a little bit different. It's a... Uh, it's not like God was just madder than all get out and just swacked them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it, it, this almost, this is my opinion, it's almost like, you know, I told you that whenever you don't do this right, I can't, you know, I'm not, I can't be responsible if you die. How many times have we read, lest you die? It's, it's <laughs> like he was uh, following his own Torah. Exactly. He had to perform the justice Required. Yep. But I was wondering, what were these guys thinking? I mean, <laughs> well, I have several scenarios, but I'd be interested in to discuss that a little bit. Let Joe say something here. Yeah, um, just looking at the scriptures here. Um, in uh, nine sixteen, he brought near the burnt offering and performed uh, its service according to the law. What were okay, you reading? Okay, the were you reading. Huh? Where are you reading? I was reading 9.16. We're not down there yet. Oh, 9. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Okay. Uh, the two brothers are the two sons did not have the authority to do that. It was Moses and Aaron that did that. So they took the responsibility that they were not supposed to. Very good. And because of their doing that. Yep. In order to keep God's integrity, he took them out. That's fine. I think that's a perfectly good analysis. He's, what he said was, they weren't even supposed to be in there. They thought they'd do this on their own. And God, the, as, as the sons of Aaron, Aaron was supposed to go do that, not them. Yeah. Go ahead. For the analogy for us today, perhaps, is because... Anything we want to offer to God 
may not be acceptable if it isn't what he's specifically asked for. Mm -hmm. The whole issue is obedience. Yep, yep. i tell you where this really hits home with me, is how many times have you had arguments with our well-meaning Christian brethren about Christmas? And you talk about pagan origins of Christmas, and they say, but I don't, I don't, I don't attach any of that to that, you know? Uh, yeah, just to add to what she said, I was thinking the same thing. Um, there was a time when Yah said they had to know the difference between the profane and the holy. Yep. Like this Bible says, profane. Yep. And I think people today don't know the difference between the profane and the holy. Yeah. And just like you guys mentioned about the Christmas celebrations, the Easter celebrations and all those things. And it's like, okay, this is what I want to do. Well, that's the same thing that these two guys wanted to do. Exactly. Moses' sons. Yep. They felt this felt right to them. Yep. But it wasn't right to Yah. Yep. I think that that's nails it. Because they felt, oh, it's okay because, you know, I have the right heart attitude. I'm doing this to, you know, to show my, my gratitude to God or whatever. But God didn't say to do that. Now, to me, that's a real, today's life, today's world, that's a real testimony to God's tolerance. Because, you know, we've been doing stuff like that for years and years and years. And he's basically kind of, well, okay, but it's wrong. We know it's wrong. Yeah. John? So, the strangeness wasn't the fire. If, if what we're going to say is true, what we just talked mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. in the previous chapter... I need to review, but the strangest isn't the fire, it isn't the offer, it's the offeree. They're trespassing. Yeah. Right? I think that's true. So, like, for example, if the house of Israel doesn't have the authority to come and do these things, they're trespassing. That's right. Your demise is coming shortly. Yeah. I, I boy, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, is you can't really hold God responsible, if you will. I mean, we can't right. judge him and say, boy, that was kind of harsh, because there was no excuse. I wonder also, because of the position that they held, you know, they were esteemed before the people as mm -hmm. sons of Aaron, uh, maybe uh, kind of went to their head a little bit, uh huh. you know, and they thought they were more important than they really were. Yep. Yep. But uh, I kind of, uh, you know, when we're talking about, you know, like you say, Yahweh is, he's patient, he puts up with a lot, he's, he's what's, what's the word they usually use for it? Um, long-suffering. Long-suffering, or yeah, something like that. But in the end, people who, anyone who disobeys the commands basically gets the same judgment. Yeah. You know, yeah. tossed into the that, lake of fire. Yeah. So one of the things this this has gone to me to help me understand that, you know, God, there's two sides of God. He's all loving, but he's perfectly just. You know? And his justice will be satisfied somehow. Now he's been really good to us by enabling uh, uh, substitutes to stand in for us. But the justice will be had. He's, he's not going to not be just. Um, but I, I wanted to talk about something else. We'll let Joe talk first. Uh, yeah, in, um, let's see. In uh, 
verse 1, it says alien fire. Mm-hmm. There's a fire that is not alien. It's like when uh, God came down from heaven and uh, did away with uh, the altar of Baal, mm-hmm. which was a godly fire. But this is an alien fire. It mm-hmm. almost reminds me of Cain and Abel where uh, Cain brought uh, things from his own mm-hmm. uh, being instead of... Uh, Killing his brother because the brother brought, uh, as you well know, bought stuff that was pleasing to God, mm-hmm. and uh, something else that God did not command this mm-hmm. because it was anything that's alien is uh, not with God. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. One of the things that you were talking about about how they're the the thing that goes through my mind, and this may not be right, of course, but this, they're young younger guys, right? These these guys are they're Aaron's sons, and um, They've just witnessed a pretty cool thing. You know, this big pillar of fire coming down and coming out and lighting up this burnt offering and everything. And they, they're going, wow, this is really cool. And look, we're, we're right here in the middle of this. We, we, got, we have control of this. Let's go in and see what would happen if we did this. Or let's go, you know, they, I think they took a little on themselves just to kind of get creative. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> could be that. Same problem Cora had. I'll tell you another thing that I really look at with this is that it's, uh, it's like Balaam. Because Balaam believed in God, but he believed that he could manipulate God. And that's a, boy, that's a subtle little thing, you know. If, and these guys were kind of headed down that path. You know, they were kind of going down the, well, maybe we can get it to do this, or maybe we can have him do that. And boy, I, don't, I think God puts up with that about that far. You know, it's just, just not happening. Yeah, so all those words we used in the different Bibles, like strange, profane, uh, you know, it's all not commanded. Yeah. You know, it's in the verse. He did not command them to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then on the other hand, he did command us to, you know, get together on the, the uh, night of the 14th of the first month uh, and sacrifice the Passover lamb. He did command us to do, to, to do certain things at certain times. And if we do those things at those times, even though they may not be done in exactly the way he intended them to do, I have to believe he's a lot happier with us for doing that than for saying, well, you know, I don't think you mind if I ignore that one and do this one. <laughs> John? So I, I want to focus on this strange okay. term, zur. Uh, it's, it's actually translated stranger more often than just strange. Mm-hmm. It isn't like, man, that guy's kind of weird looking. He's not around <laughs> these parts. It's like, no, you don't have the, you don't, you're not a citizen. You don't have the, it's a, I think it's a question of law and jurisdictional well, type thing. He said alien. One of them was alien, so well, that might fit it better, huh? Right. That's perfect. Yeah. That's, that's right. It's, it's, a, it's, you're out of your, you're not in the right place. You're trespassing. Yeah. You're whatever. You're, you're not here illegal. Let, let me see your green card. Uh, also on the uh, Accordance software, they're showing this Hebrew word czar, mm-hmm. which is translated strange. It, they're translating as unauthorized. Unauthorized, yep. And it's interesting because they're showing the word related to it is for, is border. Is what? Order? Border. Order. B-O-R-D-E-R, yeah. border, which is okay. Interesting. Interesting. Like out of order or border? Mm-hmm. Out of border. That's alien. I can see where those all come from. 
Okay, let me, uh, let's see. I interrupted you, Mike. So why don't you read verse um, through 11. 8, 8 through 11, and then we'll we talk about that. We left off on 11? Yeah, 8 through or 11. Or 8. And Yahweh spoke to Aaron, Saren, saying, Do not drink wine or strong drink, you nor your sons with you, when you go into the tent of appointment, lest you die the law forever throughout your generations. So as to make a distinction between the set apart and the profane, and between the clean and the unclean, and to teach the children of Israel all the laws which Yahweh has spoken to them by the hand of Moshe. Okay, the reason I wanted to read that next is, if you read that, what does it say? It says, um, you and your sons are not to drink wine or other fermented drink whenever you go into the tent of meeting, or you will die. Many rabbis, I think appropriately so, have said, well, maybe these guys were you know, tipsy. Maybe they'd had a few too many drinks over at the corner bar, and that's and they went and that 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 kind of goes along with being uh, of poor judgment and uh, stupid enough to actually want to do something like this. So um, a lot of people think that that's what happened to them. That uh, the sons were were drunk, inebriated. Yeah, don't know about that, but that's a lot of people take that. John's got something. So they got it wasn't because they were there doing the censor, they have the right censor and, and all that. And they were just drunk about it. The fact they were there yes. is the problem, is what we're suggesting. Yes. I think and, that's and, the biggest problem. Yeah. And getting drunk it lowers your inhib inhibitions. Yes. So, and your judgment ruins your judgment. Right. Yeah. So you say, oh, let's try this. Why not? Yeah. It'll, yeah. We're well, here. Let's yeah. I dare you. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> okay. So I got another question for you. Why do you suppose Moses... Uh, told um, their cousins, Mishael and Elzaphan, to go take their bodies out. I think the priest couldn't touch a dead body. Yep, that's exactly right. If the, say, whoever, whoever deals with these dead bodies, is, if they're a priest, then they're going to be unclean for at least 24 hours. And so... Uh, they needed to get somebody that was not Aaron or his sons to do this. And so that's why, that's why they did that. Furthermore, it goes on in verse 6. It says, uh, uh, Then Moses said to Aaron and his sons, Eleazar and Ithamar, the only two left, Do not let your hair become unkempt, and do not tear your clothes, or you will die, and Yahweh will be angry with the whole community. But your relatives, all the house of Israel, may mourn for those the Lord has destroyed by fire. Do not leave the entrance to the tent of meeting, or you will die, because the Lord's anointing oil is on you. So what, what do you suppose is happening there? It's the same thing you just said. You know, the ripping of your clothing and the putting, your, your becoming unkempt and putting ashes on your hair, that's all signs of mourning. And the priests aren't allowed to do that. Is that what you're going to say, John? Okay. So pretty interesting. I, I, I find this a fascinating thing. Can you think of a New Testament situation that's similar? <laughs> I'm not sure, but didn't Caiaphas tear his? Uh, one of them did, yes. Yes, and that's, that's a good catch. And that, that's, that was a stupid thing for Caiaphas to do, by the way, right? 
he, I think he ripped his robe whenever he called, uh, he, he sentenced, you know, he called Yeshua a heretic or whatever. Yeah, the high priest did that. But that's not what, that's not what I was thinking. I was thinking more in the book of Acts. Do you remember Ananias and Sapphira? Uh, it's very, this is a very similar situation, right? Because what did Ananias and Sapphira do? Do you remember? They lied. Go ahead, what? They lied. Put it up here so we can all... They lied. How did they lie? Because they were told to give uh, everything, but they held back. Well, no, it's worse than that because they did commit to give everything. They, they said, we will give everything. I think, okay, I think well, if I'm not mistaken, it was the sale of a house yeah, or something. Well, when they said, we will, yeah. you know, yeah. and uh, then they didn't. And then they didn't. Okay. I was just looking here in the verse uh, uh, 10 where, uh, or verse 9, drinking intoxicating wine. Well, if they were doing that, then their senses would be dull. Yeah. And they wouldn't be able to lead the people. Yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Drinking on the job is never wise. <laughs> Basically, they, they broke their vow uh, because Peter told them, he says, the, the money was yours to give however much you wanted to. Yeah. We, we made no stipulation on how much, you know, and they... They lied, saying, we gave it all, and, and they, know, didn't. They, they didn't. But yeah. Yeah. They, basically, they broke a vow. Yeah. yeah. It's a different but similar. Yeah. Do you think there is any connection here with people who take communion, um, strong drink, in the tabernacle? It could be. I don't know. Because yeah. it implies that... They're not to do this in the tabernacle, but they well, maybe could in their says, own homes. Uh, it says, whenever you, you're not to drink wine or other fermented drink whenever you go into the tent of meeting. So I, I, I interpreted that to mean that if, if you, you know, you've been out bending your elbow at the bar, then don't come home and try to, to, to do the job that you've got to do here. That, that's what I interpreted to mean, but I, I may be wrong. Okay, uh, go ahead. Just, I don't know if this shed lights light on what she just said, but the ancient ancient Jewish um, tradition said that they were intoxicated. They were when they did that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it also said uh, it also says I don't know how, you know if it's true, but that they got the fire from somewhere else. Yeah. to offer and well, they. There was only one place they should have gotten it. That's right. The, the only place they should have gotten it was from the altar. The fact that it uses the word alien and foreign and all that stuff would imply that it didn't come from the altar. Yeah. So, but I still think I'm still think we're on the right path with what John said. Is that it's it, the biggest problem was they initiated this whole thing on their own. It wasn't like they were trying to cut corners with something they were supposed to do. They were inventing it out of broad cloth. You know, they were just making it up. So this is only applicable to the tent of meeting that the, the tabernacle that Moses built, right? Is, yeah. that what it, is that what you're alluding to? Or are you saying any temple, like any, like, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, I don't think it only applies to this. I think, but I think 
if you were to adhere to the letter of the law, you might, might be able to say that. But I, I think that what the, really the point is, is that you need to be those people that God has ordained with the responsibility of ministering to Him. You know, the priests were to represent the people to God and God to the people. And if they ever looked like they were taking that job less than 100% seriously, then that was, that was something God would frown on. And I think, you know, if you're three-quarters drunk whenever you do it, then that would be a, an indication that you're not very serious about it. That's what I get out of that. But because I was asking that question because he mentioned Caiaphas. Yep. He tore his yep. uh, rope. Yep. But he was not the rightful priest anyways to begin with. Well, that's, and, yeah. So nothing happened to him. You yeah. Know, it wasn't, uh, he wasn't anyways commanded by, by God to no. be a priest. Yeah, yeah. So. Here, here. By the time the Caiaphas thing happened, like you say, he wasn't even uh, a descendant of Aaron, right? And the priesthood in general was so far off from what God intended it to be that, uh, you know, who knows what they were doing. They were clearly not doing a lot of the stuff that, that had been written in the Torah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he did. He bought it. That's right. Joe. Yeah, I was just looking at the scriptures where uh, the first two sons uh, God uh, killed. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the other two sons, I think, got the message. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, is that, and I'm sure that uh, Moses and Aaron uh, talked to them, but. I was wondering why uh, they didn't talk to the other two sons before all this happened. Was there a letdown in their parenting or whatever? Well, it would. I don't think. I don't think. Let's see. In my opinion, these first two sons did this on their own volition. I mean, they knew they weren't supposed to do it. They certainly. You know, they may not have realized the gravity of the offense. But they clearly knew that this was not to be done, and they did it anyway. Now, I think, like you say, it was an excellent object lesson for the remaining two sons. But, you know, it could have been, rather than those two, it could have been a different two. So I don't think, yeah. Go ahead. Well, maybe, I don't know, this might shed a little light on what he just said. Not that I just look at oral, um, uh, you know, um, the stories that the Jews tell, but yep. they said that there was a split in the priesthood back then, and Abihu and Nadab was on in one group, and the other two was in the group that wanted to be loyal. I see. Yeah, so they didn't have to talk to them about what happened. Those two was willing to do it Yah's way, where the other two wanted to... Invent their own. Yeah, yeah. if that story is true. It but. could be, yeah. Would somebody like to finish reading the chapter from verse 12 to the end of the chapter? Okay, go ahead. Oh, oh. You want to do it? You can do it. That's fine. Okay, so, so where are we starting? The verse 13. I'm sorry, verse 12. Verse 12 to the end of chapter okay. 10. And Moshe, and Moshe spake unto Aaron and unto Eleazar, this one? Yeah. And Ithamar. And Ithamar <laughs> and his sons that were left. Uh, 
Take the meat of the offering that remaineth of the offering of the of Yahweh made by fire, and eat it without leaven besides the altar, for it is most holy, and and shall eat it in the holy place because it is thy due and thy sons do of the sacrifice of Yahweh, made by fire, for so I am commanded. And the wave offering, and the wave breast and have, oh gosh, King James. <laughs> yep, yep, no kidding. <laughs> Shoulder shall... Eat in the clean place, thou and thy sons and thy daughters, which with thee for the be thy due and thy sons due, which are given out of the sacrifices of peace offering of the children of Israel. And they have shouldered and they wave the breast and they shall bring the with the offering made by fire of the fat to the wave it for the a wave offering be before the Lord and they shall and this shall be thine and thy sons with thee by the statutes forever as Yahweh commanded and Mo Moses diligently sought the goat of the sin offering, and behold, it was burnt, and the ing and he was angry with Eleazar and Ithamar, the sons of Aaron, which were left alive, saying, "Were there, were, wherefore have not?" Have ye not eaten the sin offering in the holy place, seeing it's most holy? And God hath given it to you, bear the iniquities of the congregation, to make an atonement for them before Yahweh, before the blood of it not brought within the holy place, ye shall, you should in, indeed have eaten in the holy place, as I commanded, and Aaron said unto Moses, Behold, this day have they offered their sin offerings and burnt offerings before the Lord, and such things have befallen me. And if I had eaten the sin offering to today, should it have been acceptable in the sight of Yahweh? And Moses heard that, it was was content. Okay, that's a that's a pretty pretty difficult passage. We'll go through there and see if we can figure out what went on. <laughs> um, so going back up at, at, to verse twelve, this is Moses talking. Moses said to Aaron and his remaining sons, Ithamar and Eleazar, take the grain offering left over from the offerings made to Yahweh by fire, and eat it prepared without yeast beside the altar, for it is most holy. 
Eat it in a holy place because it is your share and your son's share of the offerings made by Yahweh by fire. So I have committed, I have been commanded. So this is Moses talking to Aaron, right? But you and your sons and your daughters may eat the breast that was waved and the thigh that was presented. Eat them in a ceremonially clean place. They have been given to you and your children as your share of the Israelites' fellowship offerings. The thigh that was presented and the breast that was waved must be brought with the fat portions of the offerings made by fire to be waved before Yahweh as a wave offering. This will be a regular share for you and your children as the Lord commanded. Now we've seen this. Do you remember? This, this was the priest's share of the fellowship offering. You know, the fellowship offering was the, the communal dinner, if you will, and God's portion was the kidneys and the liver and the fat tail and the, that, that stuff. And the people's portion was everything else but this right, the breast and the right thigh that was waved before God was supposed to be the, the Levite's portion or the, the, the priest's portion, I should say. And so they were supposed to be eaten in a holy place. Okay, John? Well, the holy place was there at the... This picnic had to occur within the grounds of the tabernacle. Is my, that's my understanding. So I'm understanding this to be just the families of Aaron. Yes, yes. I'm not talking about everybody else. No. Oh, the rest of the Israelites. No. Okay. Yeah. But that, that, that's just the right thigh and the uh, breast also. But yes. And it turns out that verse 16 says, When Moses inquired about the goat of the sin offering and found that it had been burned up, he was, was angry with Ithamar and Eleazar, Aaron's remaining sons. Now, do you remember the rule that if you couldn't eat all of the offering that day, what you were supposed to do with it? That you burned it up, right? If you can't eat it, if you guys are, are too full or it's too much food or whatever, just don't leave it till morning. Burn it up. No leftovers, no leftovers right? That's really what the thing was. And so um, he goes on in verse 17, and he says, uh, Why didn't you eat the sin offering in the sanctuary area? It's most holy, and it was given to you to take away the guilt of the community by making atonement for them before the Lord. Since its blood has not been taken in the highly place, you should have eaten the goat in the sanctuary area as I commanded you. And so what does Aaron say? Was he trying to tell Aaron, I mean Moses, that he was mourning his sons? Yeah, what he and said, yeah, he exactly. He says, uh, Aaron replied to Moses, Today they sacrificed their sin offering and their burnt offering before Yahweh, but such things as this have happened to me. Your said a similar kind of thing. And it doesn't really describe such things as this have happened to me, but what do you think such things have been happening to him? Yeah, he's got two dead sons here. Two sons in one yeah, day. Yeah, he says, you know, I, what he's basically says, I, I'm kind of not hungry. Yeah. You know? And then and he goes on to say, he says, would Yahweh have been pleased if I had eaten the sin offering today? And when Moses heard this, he said, well, okay. That, that's what I get out of that whole passage, is that, you know, Moses was kind of trying to give him a hard time because he didn't eat of this, of this offering like he was supposed to. But the, the instruction clearly said that if you can't eat of it because, you know, like I say, you're full or there's too much or whatever, just make sure and don't leave any leftovers. Just burn it. And that's what they did. So they were obedient, but Moses was afraid that they were not. That's, that's what I get. You've got some comments? John's got something. 
he, he's upset about the goat part that yeah. was the goat offering. Yeah. I'm trying to look. Where was that for? Well, that was for the rest of the people, or was yes, that for... Yes, no, the, the goat offering was for the rest of the people. The sin offering for the rest of the and, people. And the, the reason he wanted them to eat it is because, I think, it was required that the priests partake of it in order for the sin offering to be valid. It's They're doing it on behalf of the, yeah. of the, of the other sons of Israel. Yeah. But, I don't know. Anyway, that's what I think that means. It, and it, we, I could have some things wrong, but it's something along those lines. I'm regressing back to something else, but That's uh, fine. I got a question. So at, at this point of the, uh, after like chapter nine is when the priesthood was established, right? Yep. I haven't been coming. So mm -hmm. That's okay. um, after the priesthood was established and they established the uh, high priest and um, his sons were supposed to be the, the priestly duties. Yes. So in the, uh, could you explain the pecking order to say, so was Moses at, over the priests Well, at this point? Because yeah. it seems like he's the one that's uh, calling the shots. Well, yes and no. Now, because this is like, this is their, uh, the first week on the job, okay? Uh, the, Moses, <clears throat> Moses was the guy that came down the hill with the tablets, right? Moses was the guy that saw the picture of how all this stuff was supposed to work on top of Mount Sinai. Moses was the one that was, you know, in, in the sense, defining what this job looked like, okay? But Moses was not the high priest. As soon as he got Aaron and his sons installed, ordained, then his job was no longer that. Now, I think what he was doing here was trying to, you know, remind them, you know, re remember what I told you? Remember how you were supposed to do this? You know, but no, he's not the boss, I don't think. I think, I think you know, the, the people responsible for the service of the tabernacle was Aaron and his sons. Aaron had four sons. Now he's got two. And when Aaron dies, his eldest son, his eldest remaining son, theoretically, is supposed to take over. And there, we'll find, a, as we go through Leviticus, there's all kinds of uh, um, responsibilities for Aaron and his sons going forward so that there's always a legitimate high priest. Uh, it didn't last very long, but God intended it to. Yes? Uh, verse 17 is, why did you not eat the sin offering in a holy place? Well, that's where the sin offering wouldn't forgive the people. Yes. And if, you, if they were outside the holy place, that's not, uh, it's going to bring you whatever. Yeah, but. I, if, I, if it was a wrong place, if, you know, if they had did this in the holy place, that's why God calls it a holy place. Well, yeah, but I don't think that's what they're getting at there. It, they didn't need it at all. It wasn't that they didn't need it in the holy place. They were supposed to eat it in the holy place. They knew that, but they didn't need it at all. That's, that's what the problem was. And they were supposed to have eaten it, and yes, in the holy place. Mike's got something. At least that's my understanding. Do you suppose uh, Eleazar and Ithamar? Ithamar, when confronted by Moses, were uh, kind of quaking in their boots oh, at that yeah. point. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, no, oh, yeah. We're next. I mean, you know, it's like if I were them, I mean, even Aaron, I'd be going, oh, man, I thought this job was going to uh, be a piece of cake. But this with, is hard. Uh, I'm scared. It seems like Aaron said the right thing. Yes. And, uh, and what did he really say? Basically? What he was, I think what you said, like, 
I've kind of lost my appetite. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, all this stuff, it's, I mean, it's all, it seems like it all happened in one day. Yeah. You know, and he can't, he can't even mourn for his sons. Yeah. And uh, he just has to continue in his duty yep. as if nothing happened. And, uh, yep. uh, and, and I think, you know, that, that also harkens back to that one uh, uh, thing in verse 6, I guess it is. Uh, verse 6, Moses says to Aaron, Do not let your hair become unkempt and do not tear your clothes or you will die and Yahweh will be angry with the whole community. But your relatives, comma, all the house of Israel may mourn for those that Yahweh has destroyed by fire. In other words, look, we'll all mourn the death of your sons, but you don't get to. That's what he's saying. So looking at it from a contractual point of view, technically what they did is not illegal in that they didn't take it out of the holy place. They let it burn the whole thing. Yes. But they didn't consume it. Yes. There's no quid pro quo, if you will. That's There's no, point. they're not consuming the benefit that is required for them to, to get the covering that they get from Yahweh. Yeah. The, the, the children of Israel didn't benefit through the priest not performing the task of consuming that, that offering. You say they did or did not? They did not. Yeah, probably. They did not receive so. the because they didn't do this exchange. There was yes. no, it was just wasted on the fire. Yeah. yeah. I think that's true. But Aaron was confident that his excuse was valid, if you will. Isn't it possible, since Moses was content that they had done all right, that they had eaten part, a bite or two? It could be. So that at least they fulfilled the legal Yeah, they satisfied John's problem. Yeah, I, it's certainly possible. It's certainly possible. Yeah. I think Aaron was being a, a little bit, I mean, it might have, uh, Moses, it might have caught Moses a little off guard, too. You know, well, when you think about it, it's going to catch anybody off guard, right? These guys get fried right within their clothes. Um, and so Moses might be, might be being a little overcautious, saying, man, you guys don't do anything wrong, you know. What? You didn't do that? You're supposed to do that. I, I like your thought. Maybe they had a bite or two just so that it would, uh, yeah. But anyway, that's got to be the most interesting, interesting chapter in Leviticus, yeah. I think. I think it was like there's, there has to be like a processing of the event <laughs> uh -huh. happening, you know, and, uh -huh. you know, I'm sure Aaron's mind was swirling oh, yeah. around and around, and Polly did not know. Yeah. It's like, Polly had, like, part confusion, part... Yeah, well, okay. you know, if I were in Aaron's shoes, the thing, and this is, a, this is bad for me, and it's kind of my own personal problem. It's also a sign of the society we live in. I'd be willing to say, okay, fine. Heck, I'm out of here. I didn't want this job that bad in the first place, you know? But uh, Aaron doesn't get to say that, you know? Aaron does not get to say that. This is not an option. This is the job. And he doesn't get to, to leave. <laughs> he was contractually obligated. He was contractually <laughs> obligated. He was an indentured servant, if you will. Well, we've had fun with that. Let's move on. Uh, we're, oop, let me go back to that other picture. So this then, what does that say? Chapters, if I can get my little thing to work. 
8 through 10, the priests are ordained. And that's what we've talked about. And they started out with five of them, now they're three. So, we're going to move down to chapter 11, ritual purity. That's what we're going to talk about for chapters 11 through 15. So, who would like to read chapter 11? Oh, I don't know. Through verse 20, 25. Mm. 23. First 23 verses of chapter 11. They're not long. Go ahead, John. And Yahweh spoke unto Moses and to Aaron, saying unto them, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, these are the beasts which ye shall eat among all the beasts that are on the earth. Whatsoever parteth the hoof, and is cloven-footed, and cheweth the cud among the beasts, that shall ye eat. Nevertheless, these shall ye not eat of them that chew the cud, or of them that divide the hoof, as the camel, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof. He is unclean unto you. And the coney, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean unto you. And the hare, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean to you. And the swine, though he divide the hoof, and be cloven-footed, yet he chew not the cud, he is unclean to you. Of all their flesh shall you not eat, and their carcass shall ye not touch. They are unclean to you. Hello. Why don't we, if you don't mind, I'll interrupt you there and we'll talk about this first. Because this is the section on land animals, as it's called. Marvin, you got something? Okay. Why is this here right now? Is it because they've been in bondage in Egypt for 400 years? And they forgot? Because whenever Noah yep. got off the ark... Yep. He was told what he could eat. Yep, I think you hit the nail right on the head. You know, it's, it, it has taken me a long time to come to grips with this, but all the stuff that we have read before now was known by, for example, Abraham, right? And like you say, Noah knew which animals were clean and which animals weren't clean. So um, they, had, they had this understanding. God had told them and they had passed this down. This is just uh, him... Formally, formal, formalizing it in, in, in contractual form or writing it down, if you will. So, yeah, they'd forgotten. 400 years in Egypt will do that to you. Yeah. It's a question again. So now it's been like 2,000 years of confusion, you know, uh, since then. Or yes. Whatever. Yep. So you think that um, there will be another another deal like this where uh, somebody like Moses will come and remind them, give us another. So, you know, like whoever is, you know, and I, we're trying to do the best we can, but there is other ones that are not doing it. So that there will be a time where somebody will come and say, you know, this, don't eat this and don't eat that and yeah. like give a start over. That's a very good question. I, obviously, I don't know the answer, but one thought is, is they do talk about the second exodus and there are a lot of allusions to... Uh, you know, when God will regather his people. So it could very well be. That's, I would think when Yeshua comes back, he will, he'll certainly, he he will certainly instruct us himself. Yeah. 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 
I've always had a problem with this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, the scripture says you should not, you should not, you should not, but it doesn't tell you why you should not. That's right. Well, so I, I don't understand that because you look at uh, all these different foods, shrimp, crabs, lobsters, so on and so forth, you know, uh, ham, bacon, all this other stuff. But, that, but God does not give a reason for you not to do this. He is, says, don't do it. Well, okay, let's, let's have some discussion about that. Go ahead. Wait, wait, wait. We want to sure other people. I was thinking, like, he really don't need to give a reason because he's our <laughs> maker. And, and what he's teaching us through all this Torah is how to live and, and how to live his way and how to live a healthy life and how to, you know, live according to his law. So the reason he really, um, it's not necessary. Well, I think it's not necessary, but um, these things are to make us um, better people and yeah. to live according to his ways. Yeah. Well, so. one of the things it does, rules like this, make us stand apart, make us stand out. And that's part of it. We're supposed to stand out. Yeah. John? This is kind of a roundabout question, but the answer is because it will make you unclean. That's now, the that begs answer. the next question of why, what, you know. But the point of it is, that's what he, he's not saying because I don't want you to. Yeah. The answer is because it'll make you unclean. And if you're unclean, well, why does it make me unclean? Well, that's another question, but yeah. you know, the ultimate upfront question is, or answer is that. Yeah. Thank you. Somewhere it says these are not food. Yes. Yeah, well, it says right in here, this will not be food for you. Yeah. So if it's not food, then mm -hmm. that's that's the reason why we don't eat it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the unclean's a big part too, but that's that's true. Uh, Mike? Well, nowadays, we you can go to the grocery store and buy nice packaged bacon or yeah. a rump of ham, mm -hmm. have your Easter ham dinner or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, you don't have to be a genius to look at a pig and think, that's a disgusting animal. You know, yeah. I don't want to eat that. Well, you know, I was going to say, the, the my usual uh, harangue about this kind of stuff is that it's really hard for me to look at this without my 20th century understanding. And, and um, an animal like a pig, you know, because the, the pig doesn't ruminate, um, means that his digestive system is different. And, the, and we all know that pigs have been the source of lots of horrible diseases up until the 20th or 19th century where we finally started learning how to feed them properly and butcher them properly and all that kind of stuff. But there's no doubt that there have been health benefits to not eating pork for the past 4,000 years. Now, did God do that for that? No. But that's one of the side benefits of, of, of being obedient. That's a benefit. It's not a, a reason why he did it. But I understand what you're saying. Pigs well, don't sweat. Well, what was the question brought up earlier about we were not going to know what it is until the Messiah comes? I missed that. What was that? Esaias was bringing up something about. Oh, he was talking about, uh, will, can we expect another person kind of like Moses that's going to come down and give us these rules and say, now look, this is what, what we're supposed to do. So what is he going to say? we've kind of forgotten. You know, we're in Egypt now, if you will. Was he going to say, oh, what I already said, yeah, okay, I'm going to say it again. I really mean it. Yeah. I, it's not, 
<laughs> There's nothing new to be said. It's just that I, you know, I, I said what I said, and really now why don't you follow it? Yeah, yeah. I'll give you a new copy of those tablets if you want. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, these are the limitations on the federal government. Well, let's pass an amendment that says that we really meant that, too. <laughs> but, John, he already told them that, too, earlier. I mean, he didn't write it down. And, yeah. But I don't know that this is written down, you know, the Ten Commandments are, or whatever was on the tablets, but I don't think this level of detail was on it. So this is a retelling of it again, too. Yeah. But I, I wanted the mic for something else, but I forgot. <laughs> that never happens to me. <laughs> so anyway, what are, in a nutshell, what are the rules about land animals that are food? Oh. Wait, wait. Marvin uh, remembered. Quick, before it goes I, away. I just wanted to make a comment on the pig, on okay. pigs. If you compare pigs to, to beef, pigs gain weight relative to what they eat versus a cow faster than the cow does. Okay. They put on weight more. So I think what that means is they don't process the impurities out of whatever they eat. They just pack it on. Here, as, here. And I think that's the big deal with the pigs. That, that's a lot of it. Yep, you got it. John? Just another quick point. It doesn't necessarily say you can't have pigs. And you, pigs can be used for, like, like I've been mean, really into this permaculture stuff. Yeah. And they, when they want to go in and into a, a new land, a forest land, that's just got all kinds of growth and nasty stuff, and pigs will just tear it up. Yeah. Like, they're like a rototiller. They're like the rototiller. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. But <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm, I'm going to eat them afterwards. They're yeah. just, they're a tool for a particular thing. Yeah. That well, horses. I mean, horses, the, yeah. Horses there's a lot of camel. Example. We just camel, talked about yeah, camels yeah, another yeah, one. Yeah. The, the, the real difference between, to me, the difference between, the, what are the good ones? The good ones are sheep, goats, and cows. Those are the good ones, right? And what's, what do all those have in common? They have a digestive system that's based entirely on plants, Right? And they've got these four stomach things where they, they ruminate. Ruminates, you know, where you go, you eat grass and it goes into one stomach, and because you can't digest it completely, you, the animal can't digest it completely, he upchugs, right? In, in his mouth, and then he chews it again. That's called chewing the cud. And then he swallows it again and it goes into the next stomach. That's, that's the way their digestive system works. Pigs don't. Pigs don't ruminate. So they're, they're a different animal, and they're going to end up being producing different meat. So none of that, again, none of that's the reason why he said it, but you can see that there's a difference, and the difference, I think, is probably based on uh, the way they digest a primarily vegetarian diet. Well, I th think uh, to his point, I think the two witnesses could be uh, part of a sort of preparation before Christ, you know, gets everything all, you know, tightened up and, you know, mm -hmm. you know, n nailed down, uh, sort of speak, uh, to where his people are really uh, ready, you know. Yeah. Uh, right now, we're kind of like stumbling into this awake or not stumbling, but we're kind of, we're, we're awakening, but we're also, you know. Still uh, half asleep. Yeah, we're still barely getting out of bed, sort of speak, you know. I hear you. That's so. fair. Yeah, it's gonna. I, I often think to myself that whenever, 
it really gets farther down the road. It's, we're not going to have any trouble knowing. Yeah. Reading. Beg your pardon? Reading. No, let me, let me just make another comment or two. So the thing about animals, land animals that are not food are the ones, the only ones that are food are the ones who have a split hoof and who ruminate, which primarily is the, I don't know of any other than the sheep, the goat, and the cow. Deer. Deer. Elk. Elk. Yep. Okay, I down no more. Buffalo. Buffalo works. Well, we're getting chickens. That's different. That's a bird. But, all right. Yeah, sure, there's plenty of them. Moose, Moose probably. Okay, fine, I'm done. You guys win. But the rule is split hoof and ruminate. Giraffe is kosher? What is? R rabbit. No, rabbit's not. Rabbit Call doesn't me. have a split hoof. Rabbit has a little paw. Giraffe. Oh, giraffe. I'd see. We didn't understand. Okay, fine. Now you can go on. The fishes. The fishes. These ye shall ye eat of all that are in the waters. Whatsoever hath fins and scales in the waters, in the seas and in the rivers, them shall you eat. And all that have not fins and scales in the seas and in the rivers, of all that move in the waters, and of anything that which is in the waters, they shall be an abomination unto you. There shall be an abomination unto you. Ye shall not eat of the flesh, but ye shall have the, their carcass. But ye shall have their carcasses in abomination. Whatsoever hath no fins, no scales in the waters, that shall be an abomination unto you. Okay, so the rules for um, fish, seafood, let me say, are at least as simple as they are for land animals. Fins and scales. Okay, fins and scales. Now, obviously the ones that don't have fins and scales, the more obvious examples are shrimp and lobster and oysters and stuff like that. That's for sure, not that. Of course, when you think about those animals, those I've often heard them referred to as the vacuum cleaners of the ocean. You know, they go down there and, you know, you <laughs> rummage through what's on the bottom of the sea floor, and you know what's down there. You know, anybody that's had an aquarium knows what's down there. And then that's the way they live. And so eating those doesn't really make a lot of sense, even though i got to admit, sometimes they taste pretty good. Well, uh, and then the other one is scales. Um, what, doesn't, what, what common fish that you know of doesn't have scales? Catfish. Catfish. Well, there's also uh, uh, shark. Shark and does not. The ossifrage, the osprey, and the vulture, and the kite after his kind, every raven after his kind, and the owl, and the nighthawk, and the cuckoo, and the hawk after his kind, and the little owl, and the cormorant, and the great owl, and the swan, and the pelican, and the gyre eagle, and the stork, the heron, and her kind, and the lapwing, and, uh, and the bat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always gets me when the bat is in, uh, in, grouped in with the birds. All fowls that creep going upon all fours shall be an abomination that, unto you. That's insects. Oh, was that? That's were insects. We done? So, yeah, you're done. Okay. You're done at the bat. Okay. So, wait, wait. Let's get to the microphone. I just heard this, and and one guy said that. A chicken is a bird that you're not supposed to eat. Well, I tell you what, chickens on almost every human being's diet, unless they're a vegetarian. Right. Chickens, chickens are pretty safe meat. 
Yeah, I, I know. I'm, I'm like, why? I... Well, I'll tell you where I think it is. Now, this is just me, just my opinion. But if you look at all of those birds in that list, even mm -hmm. the ones that you can't really tell what they are, what do they all seem to have in common? They all are birds of prey, right? Yeah, they're raptors. They eat yeah. other animals. There are many birds that don't eat other animals. Chicken's one of them. Although, I got to say, whenever you really mess around with chickens, you'll find out they'll eat absolutely anything. But in general, chickens would prefer grain. You know, chickens like to go root around the grass and stuff like that. But there's a whole bunch of animal of, of birds that eat primarily vegetable kind of fare. But the raptors, the owls and the eagles and all of that, yeah, yeah. So again, I think it comes down to what they what they eat. A, a chicken's like a like you could eat quail yep. because uh, you know the, the Israelites ate quail in the yep. desert. Uh, yep. Yep. Like a dove. Yep. Turkey. Turkey. Yep. Uh, how about pigeons? Yeah. Yeah. Pigeons, pigeons aren't raptors at all. Yeah. Even though they're rats on wings, but with wings. Well, that's a that's a bat. Is a rat with wings. Asias <laughs> <laughs> has something here. So, so when this when this was. Um, written or given to the, to the people, evidently they didn't have uh, manufacturing. So it was like you go to the butcher and you buy or you butcher it yourself, right? Yeah. So nowadays, you know, you want to buy fish uh, or, you know, and it, they put it in like a pig, you know, like you want to you wanna buy a turkey sausage, but it's on, it's on you know, you got to read the labels because it's, you know, everything has got pig in it. Yeah. You know? So you're kind of safe being a vegetarian nowadays, you know? Yeah. Well, because yeah. I just found out, you know, I was, I was eating uh, beef chorizo, you know? Yep. And then I found out this morning that it has pork in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it never said that before. Yeah. And I was asking the butcher, how do you make it? He said, oh, we put pork in it. Well, why don't you say that on the paper, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I, here, here. This, with manufactured, I'm, whenever... Whenever we used to live, we lived for a while in Jordan... And we'd go buy our meat at, you know, a butcher. And he had, uh, he had you know, uh, goat and lamb and beef and pig. And uh, Jan would hang around and watch what they had stuck through the grinding machine and wait until it had been a bunch of beef or something. Then she'd go in and get her meat because she didn't like to have anything that had been through the machine after the pig. You know, she didn't want <laughs> But anyway, yeah, you're right. You've got to pay attention yeah. to that kind of stuff. It's time to quit. But that's okay. This is a good place to stop. We'll come back and we'll look at these three again because they're kind of the easiest ones. And then we'll go on with what not to eat, what, what constitutes food and what doesn't. So this has been fun. I like, I like doing this with you guys. You're all pretty intent. So let me close in prayer. Father God, thank you for the evening. Thank you for these, uh, these stories, if you will, the story of uh, Nadab and Abihu and, and for the rules that we're learning about in Leviticus. Um, just help keep us uh, uh, focused on this and um, diligent as we try to understand how these rules apply to us today, what they mean, and, the, and, and help us deal with the fact that sometimes they're very, very difficult for us to understand. But I just appreciate this group, and I appreciate that you've blessed us with your Torah tonight, and I ask that you look after us the coming week until we get together next week. In Hushua's name, amen. <laughs>